What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good yeah. old humor, man. Yeah. Good old humor. I felt like you were going to say something, but you held back. No, no, no. Uh, it's the start of the week, so I don't want to like taint everyone's impression of the week yet, lah. By 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 being too cynical about it, we just we just keep it like uh pure and 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 good and happy and everything. No, but then you just reveal that deep down you feel cynical about it, and then you're painting it with some false positivity now. Uh, even though you already told people that you were cynical, yeah, so yeah, now you got to come clean. No, why? Why? Why nothing, so cynical? As in, there's a little meter that builds up every week, right? Of like Is general, it? general uh, cynicism or cynicism. <laughs> On Mondays, it resets. It's still there's still a base level to it, but it resets. So you don't want to like you know uh, preempt it by by increasing it yourself. <laughs> you just let things oh, even- naturally happen. Even though you know it's inevitable that by the end of the week you'll be like, fuck this, la. fuck everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your Friday. So now you're trying to delay it. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Monday you're trying you to delay yourself, the cynicism. Yeah, you let let it reset naturally by itself. La. So every Monday you you mm-hmm. know, you avoid, you know, the, 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 there's that whole thing about when you say something, it becomes like real in your mind. And the everything. law of attraction or something, is it? The, yeah, law, of the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. You so, put it out to the universe and it comes back to you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to put the, the negativity out in the universe on a Monday morning. And then by Friday... Even I though it was on the tip of your tongue just now. You yeah, swallowed yeah. it back. You swallowed it back. Yeah. yeah. And also partially because the topics we're talking about today also... <laughs> That's they'll, either they'll piss you off and they'll disgust you and they'll make you very sad about the state of humanity or so like, right? True. True. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you wanted to start with a positive slant. Ideally, uh. I ideally. See, yeah. I see, I see. But how about you? You sound like you're springing off uh, on the right foot again. As every uh, Monday morning, with that, with that, with that, yeah. uh, guru self help guru positivity. <laughs> yeah, because I meditated for eighteen hours uh, each day on Saturday and Sunday, so mm-hmm. I've recharged my inner chakra. Sound is it the uh, sound healing kind of sound healing? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I think Friday we uh, didn't record a podcast because mm-hmm. we were doing a folklore premium. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like. Yeah, it's been, I had withdrawal symptoms from the podcast, so now I'm just glad to be recording again. Glad to be just, uh, bitching about the state of affairs in the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> see, the see, you see, talking like. to you only uh, yeah. it brings that out already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't blame me, okay? Don't blame me. <laughs> Suddenly one, uh, one week where we don't record any podcast at all, by Friday, you're like, hey, I feel so positive. Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah. No podcast, no spending one hour three times a week with Harish talking about um, the news and yeah. social affairs. La. But yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, That's maybe. Right. Especially, yeah, like, like what you said, the first topic, it, it, it will make you cynical. Mm. It will make you cynical. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we jump into it, there is something else that has made us cynical, cynical. which we wanted to just finally get out there. Oh, and that is what, uh, Terrence? Yeah. Uh, correction. We're talking about something that actually makes has made us quite happy. In the past uh, 11 issues or 10 or 11 issues that we've issued of it. Oh, yes. Which mm. is the Just Try Only newsletter. You know, I think we have a mm. fair, fair number of subscribers. Pretty pretty happy. With it. And uh, it's been a very good companion to the podcast, uh, right? Where you and I, mm. uh, we write a little bit and give a bit more context about what certain, our favorite topic of the week. Uh, 
so we've, yeah, yeah, we've done that over the past, I think, three months or so already. Um, but yeah, it's, it's maybe, you know, we always like to recalibrate after a while. And I think that time has come for recalibration, right? And just, mm. just as well, because there's also other things brewing that we want to, to use our podcast. I, I'm sorry, use our newsletter as a, as a, as a place to, to, you know, uh, put out more information now. And, and what is this, this bit of news that we are teasing? Mm, um, I mean, if you've been listening to us for a while, uh, you may have recalled that, that that we made a TV show like a few years ago, a mm, uh, mm. dark comedy series about a guy who falls in love with a terrorist. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it's something we are fucking proud of. Uh, we created it, we gave birth to it. Uh, and it's we coming to the, the three year anniversary of its release as well, right? Three-year anniversary uh, came already. It oh, was okay, released right. January 23rd, what, okay, 2020. Okay, sorry, yeah. uh, but it's coming to the three-year release, a three-year anniversary of the date of the, <laughs> where the network we made it for liquidated. Mm, mm, yeah. um, and I mean, we have gotten a lot of people ping us saying, where can they watch the show? Mm. And unfortunately, since they liquidated in 2020, we haven't been able to show it. La. Yeah. But, but that is going to change. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, we we are. There's going to be a stuff that we'll be announcing, uh, related to the show, mm. related to the story that we've been holding deep inside our hearts for a long time, mm. and um, I mean, yeah, we it's it's going to be exciting, la. And and I mean, the best way to find out more about what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be releasing, what we're going to be showing to the world, is to sign up for our newsletter. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, because because yeah. that's that's the best best platform for us to. Do. Share more details, uh, and also to share links to stuff. Mm. Uh, and you can sign up just by going to the link in our in our bio for the Yalabad page. Mm. Uh, you can just sign up there, and yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's all that's all we want to say now. Do you want to add anything else, Terence? Uh, I just want to add that it's not a cynical attempt to just drive people to sign up for the newsletter, but what yeah. it really is is that the format of what we're trying to do to tell the story of. Of She's a Terrorist and I Love Her, which is the name of the TV show. It works best as a newsletter because like Harish says, there's a lot of different sources. There's a lot of different links and different articles that we may point people to. Uh, and a lot of it will be, you know, best in the written form, whether in prose or maybe even like with certain links or certain videos that you can click on. So that's why mm. we, we think that a newsletter is the best way to do it. Like, of course, we could talk about it. On, we will talk about it on the podcast. But, uh, you know, podcast yeah. is primarily uh, audio, right? So you can't see pictures, mm. you can't read things, you can't click on links immediately. So we want to make sure that we cover all the bases with that. That's why, you know, follow the newsletter, I think it's uh, the best way that we'll keep you guys posted about it. Yeah, and all I can say, if you've ever had any questions about the show and all that, hopefully within the next few months, they'll all be answered. Yeah. They'll all be answered. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking it into our own hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes. All right. In that, in that spirit of corporate um, uh, shenanigans, yes. shall we jump into the first topic? Please. It is... Uh... I mean, I've really got my, yeah, ready to jump. I've got my sneakers on and I'm ready to jump right in. Mm, cool. So it is the uh, an article published by Reuters. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah Reuters? Right. Reuters? Uh, Reuters, Reuters, yeah. Reuters. Yeah. Even though it's spelled a little confusingly, it's like Reuters. I mean, um, it's, it's as confusing as omelette, like, right? It's the, the pronunciation of omelette. Hey, okay, <laughs> omelette is different. This is literally R-E-U, okay? <laughs> It's Ryu. Yeah. It's Ryuters. 
Reuters. Like I'm sure, like my mom and aunts and uncle, like my, would definitely say Reuters. But uh, yes, Reuters uh, mm. published an article on 25th February, mm. which is this past Saturday, um, revealing that um, a certain plan to recycle used shoes in Singapore, which was um, uh, approved by the Singapore government. Um, it was uh, a partnership between Dow Inc., which mm. has nothing to do with the, the stock exchange or anything. It's a, it's a U.S. petrochemical company. There was a partnership between them and the Singapore government um, where they talked about using old sneakers or donated old sneakers and recycling them into playgrounds and running tracks. Mm. And that was um, announced in uh, 2021. And there were posters yeah. all around. There were 15 or like multiple recycling bins put around uh, Singapore. Uh, but what Reuters tried to, to determine or investigate is that over uh, 11 months, oh no, over, over mm. a, a period of many months, I think uh, five months, they actually mm. uh, planted 11 old pairs of shoes with uh, trackers, Bluetooth trackers. They, not- they donated them around bins all around in Singapore just to see where they would end up. And at the end of mm. it, they end up in like multiple places over, uh, over Indonesia. I think the 11th pair was last seen in Singapore. That was the only one that remained in Singapore for a long period of time. The rest were, went mm. to Batam, went to just corners. And uh, the reporter, Reuters reporter, actually went down, located the shoes and found them at secondhand shops. And he mm. bought them back for like $12, $20. And he found the trackers that he implanted them with. So they were the exact mm. same shoes. Mm. So he just called into question, hey, you all see, you're going to recycle this. You get all this publicity and endorsement by the Singapore government, but yeah. it did not end up in any recycling plant and it ended mm. up in secondhand stop shops. Mm. So mm. that was an article that was published. There's a lot of chatter. I think there's a lot of um, statements still pending from certain entities, but that's the high level shit. Mm. Um, yeah. But what made you want to talk about it, Terrence? Uh, I mean, I think... Because it's 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 not just a simple um, social experiment or something. They they really did this over the course of six months. And if you watch the video, the journalist even he, they really fly the journalist from Singapore to Batam to go and find his shoes. You know, so mm. it's real. Like uh, I mean, I would call it yeah, investigative journalism uh, and 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 using uh, you know very simple technology just to make a very simple point about how. Dow Inc. is is not living up to uh, a lot of his promises as well. Uh, you know, made alongside the Singapore government and, and making, uh, honestly making uh, Singapore government look like fools or so, uh, right? So, mm-hmm. the, the surprising thing is that, yeah, this is an international news article. Um, you know, a few places have covered it. I, I saw it 9 to 5 Mac and I saw on Online Citizen. But I'm not hearing a lot about this on the local lamestream media, uh, you know? Um, so I, I thought this is actually a very big story. It's international and, and involves, you know, big corporate interests, Singapore government. And uh, why is it not being covered by lamestream media? So that's why we're here to talk about it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, but how about mm. you? Like, like I know you're, you're, um, you're not a big fan of like uh, typical running shoes. Like you like those barefoot, you're a barefoot uh, runner kind of dude. Uh, why was mm. this? Why was this interesting to you? <laughs> because, because I, I mean, I, the whole recycling thing in Singapore, I've always felt it a bit like, wait, is it is it really being recycled? Mm. 
Um, especially because like one of my close family members in Singapore lives in a, a, a private condominium mm. and uh, I, I mean, I mean I've helped to recycle stuff there and all that bring it down put in the blue bin mm. and after a while the the condo staff like the the workers there they told me um, you okay the blue bin is full it's okay you can put it in the green bin and I was like wait wait but the green bin is for trash this is for recycling they said yeah, it's all the same lah, the same bin and literally I saw that happen like this is mm. the trash can the because there are two types of trucks right mm. um the green trucks and the blue trucks mm. and they collect the green bins and the blue bins uh. but literally these blue bins were all put into uh, no not say I, I i saw the the workers kind of transfer the blue bin stuff to the green bin and i found out the blue bin doesn't even come to that private condo mm. and i saw the trucks and mm. that was a few years ago and i mean i've always I think there has been some investigations here and there, but where exactly do things in the blue bin uh, end up? Mm. And there's not much info on it. So I've always had a skeptical stance. And also because I do I do try to recycle. And I know a lot of people mm. out there also try to recycle. And sometimes it's not the most convenient. But then mm. when you find out that, oh shit, all this uh, might amount to nothing. It might be still put into a landfill. That sucks, lah, you know? Um, mm, so mm. when this came out, I was like, oh shit, there's actually something quantifiable that exposes some sort of issues in the system. And also because this came about, uh, I think it was in 2020 when this first program about the 75,000 shoes was, was announced. Like. It mm. is one of many projects that petrochemical companies around the world have tried to do to kind of uh, mitigate or equalize all the, the harm that they're doing to the environment. Like. You know, um, and there's a lot of PR that they squeeze out of it. Um, mm. And I think a project that Dow did in Malaysia also was awarded by the Singapore in- uh, International Chamber of Commerce for a uh, best sustainability project or some shit. Mm. So there's all this stuff that comes out. Uh, in 2021, there was um, an announcement that was endorsed by Grace Fu, who is mm. the Minister for Sustainability and Environment. And she kind of like, touted the success of this project in 2020 like, that collected 75,000 shoes um, to be turned into tracks. And there was mm. even a, a, sl- a tagline, you know, others see an old shoe, we see the future. Mm. And mm-hmm. it says, which saw more than 75,000 pairs of shoes collected equating to approximately 3.3 kilometers of jogging track built. Mm. So when that is seen as a success and it kind of leads to another partnership between Dow and the Singapore government and it feels like, wait, wait, wait. Do these projects actually amount to anything? So that's what I found interesting, mm. So, but so uh, just to give better context, right? I mean, as in uh, more context, uh, in the end, they found that the shoes were being were were being collected by a Singapore company, right? A textile uh, reseller, I think, a textile wholesaler or reseller that does yeah. buying and trading of textiles, and that yeah. company was. Uh, Shipping, shipping the shoes out to Batam or, or Bintan or wherever they ended up in Indonesia, like the flea markets, and yeah. sold in secondhand markets, right? So yeah. uh, that you know, obviously, that promise of like recycling shoes and turning them to running tracks is hogwash. You know, it, most of it, you know, went on the resale market in Indonesia. Uh, but the other, the other thing is actually, uh, it's actually illegal, right? In Indonesia, this like I think the textile. Uh, I think textile resale is like uh, very more heavily regulated now to protect local the local textile industry and and also in some ways this is also breaking certain laws in Indonesia as well uh, when this is being yeah. done right 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the other important thing to note is that uh, Dow, after all this, within this article, it mentioned that uh, Dow said that it had to conduct its own internal investigations. And subsequently, they said that it was, uh, I mean, they sort of pinned the blame on the, the that Singapore textile reseller, uh, saying that they are not going to work with them anymore because they they were not doing uh they were not doing what they were supposed to do like, which is to to actually get these shoes recycled and turned into into running tracks or whatever like, right mm, so mm. that's why it seems like uh Dow having put out a statement and kind of already has definitively you know pointed out that there was a lapse in the process and now they've corrected it and things should be back to normal right so yeah, yeah. Why why are people like you getting all Greta Thunberg about it? Why are you still like like <laughs> oh, want to save the world and like oh you know you need to be doing this recycling and all that? Not, it's not happening. Yeah, why 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 is there still a need to be upset about it? I mean, because it feels like okay. Um, there was a lot of press uh press uh releases uh videos put out by Dow to to talk about the successes of their program lah. Um, mm. So there's Dow, and then what this revealed that, like what you said, Dow, and then Yoke uh, Impacts, which is a Singaporean mm. secondhand goods exporter. They were the ones who were tasked with uh, collecting everything, so they were involved. And then there was the Singapore government, uh, and this new project, which which has was announced in 2021, that built on the previous projects involves Decathlon, um, mm. Standard Chartered. And a few other entities, like it's it's meant to spearhead this circular economy mm. kind of uh, project, which in, is a big in fact, part. I we, think, sorry, I I, just, I think yeah. decathlon literally was one of the drop off points for the shoes, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like exactly, you exactly. could walk into the decathlon store and there'd be a box for you to drop it, drop off your old shoes that they promised would get recycled into into uh into uh, what do you call it, running track and all. Yeah, so so exactly, there was like a Dow, there's Sport Singapore, there's the um, uh, Singapore government ministers. There's Decathlon. There's Standard Chartered. Um, there's uh Alba WH, which is uh, a waste management firm. There's BT Sports. Mm. Um, and all these entities that are part of this project that's meant to be like, wow, these companies are doing awesome shit, la. And then mm. when something like this is revealed, um, there's there are so many like they just blame like um oh. We are not responsible for this. It is a uh, yoke. It is this. It is, and then yoke is removed, and then suddenly it feels like oh, the other companies are okay lah. It's it's gone away. It's caught free lah. It's like mm. oh, you know, mm. like we promised this, it uh it didn't fulfill. But you know, we got rid of the troublesome person, and we mm. are we are good. But then when you look at the trends of like, I think Dow also had uh another project that was uh or, or other projects by petrochemical companies also in Idaho, in India, that promised the same thing, but it has been proven to fall short. La. So it just feels like, eh, most other things, if you promise something and you don't deliver, you have to be held accountable. La. Whereas this one, it feels like, eh, uh, okay, just mm. this big promise uh, was not was not met or was not fulfilled and it's okay. It's okay, you know, it's just, sorry, it's just some shit happened, some bad players and everybody gets away, Scott. But they tried their best, Harish. Why are you being such a... Why are you having a stick up your ass that way? Everyone's just trying their best. Somewhere along the line, somebody, you know, fucks up and, and you know, they're removed. Uh. So why do you have to keep harping on, on everyone else and making making everyone, making a fuss, a, a mountain of mohill? Come on. It's just bloody old sneakers. Like. Why, why do you bother? Why do you even bother? Because that's a very... <laughs> uh, 
because it just feels like there's like like what you said, right? The local media is not covering this. How come? Mm. Then mm. it paints a very different picture, and it's okay. It's like racial harmony day, lah. Okay, mm. racial harmony day. You go one day, you just wear the clothes of other cultures, and you eat some like uh, chapati and uh, onde onde, you know. And suddenly mm. you are kind of like, okay, I've done my part. I'm not racist. Doesn't matter whatever shit you do the rest of the mm. year, which is why I fucking hate racial harmony day. Um, uh, mm. but this one it feels like you do it for the show, you do it for the wayang, but. But then we need to look at the results also. Uh. Right. Mm. We need to look mm. at, at what happens, what is the end product, whether it actually is uh, uh materializes. Because then then you make all these people who like try to recycle, try to uh, instead of selling the shoes off carousel or trying to fleece someone else, you're like, no, let me let me donate it. And it all comes to shit like and like it just feels like a bit exploitative, like exploitative, that's the word, exploitative. Yeah. So you you I mean you don't have the same stick up your ass, uh. I do, I do, I do. In fact, maybe higher up my my ass lady. <laughs> so <clears throat> my voice just got a bit yeah. higher. But uh, we didn't need that image, yeah. But yeah, yes. we didn't need the image. But yeah, the I think uh, yeah the the fact that you know they went to I think Reuters also painted a lot of detail about even the announcement, the PR announcement for for this thing was done in the Sentosa Hotel, which tells you it's not a cheap hotel. Like, you know, all the hotels in Sentosa are pretty expensive. And all mm. the the executives from Dow, you know, the the Singapore, the the Sports Singapore side, they're all on the stage and then, you know, like all basically celebrating the the this green initiative. La. And I, I think you know, we mustn't forget that all this all this publicity, all this uh, you know, positive publicity and, and this PR spin about what a big petrochemical giant is doing for the environment is built off the back and reputation of, you know, Singapore government, Sport Singapore, and and the generosity of, of Singaporeans also, lah, right, who decide that, you know, rather than just, like, either hold on to my old shoes or try and sell, flip them on carousel, uh, yeah, lah, I will make the effort to go to one of these bins and, and drop off my shoes because it's all a good cause, right? And, you mm. know, it's a, it's a way for me to teach my children that they're good about recycling. Right? And then later when you discover it's all false, you know, it's all fake, it's all gone into someone else's hands. I, you, you don't know if there was an exchange, where the monetary exchange happened or who was benefiting from the monetary exchange, right? But mm. it, it just makes you, you, you got cheated, la. you got scammed. La. It's no better than being scammed like by one of those syndicates, you know, that, that calls you and tries to scam your money. It, essentially, it's it's using the credibility of, of uh, Singapore government, again, support Singapore and the generosity of Singaporeans to to reach an end that wasn't intended. Lah. And in, in a big corporation's case, it's good, it's cool, it's, it's very cool, it's very good for business to be seen to be sa- trying to save the environment now, lah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. As opposed to having to answer the government, to answer government regulations or having to negotiate with with, with governments about tougher regulations on, on their products, right? Mm. So, yeah, it, there's a, there is a bit of a, what I think the term is greenwashing, is it? Yeah, greenwashing I think when, it's greenwashing. When they yeah. use this, this environmental, yeah, environmental uh, uh, sustainability announcements or initiatives to try and whitewash or gloss over the, the problems and issues that they have in their main business. Also, yeah, I just don't like it that, that again, you know, uh, Singaporeans, Singapore government and all have been taken on a, on a ride by big corporations. And it just boils down to, you know, they can say it's a mistake or whatever, but it mean, means that there was no oversight within the organization. Or they never saw it as a priority beyond giving a good, uh, give, making a good press release. Huh? 
and mm. that pisses me off because you know there's a lot of times I think the uh, our government or our you know our government agencies they have very good intentions with helping you know local industries for example in our case the media industry mm. by offering grants to you know big corporations that want to set up business in Singapore foreign direct investment in Singapore and all that there's a lot of grants in terms of uh uh, co-matching grants or, or, you know, giving them very, very uh, exclusive uh, deals on rental or very uh, uh, prime locations or rental and things like that. Then all these are, all these are, are costs borne by taxpayers. I uh, don't forget, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and then we give them free, free, we give them freely to these corporations to, to get them to come into Singapore to invest in the local ecosystem and all that. And then they don't fulfill the end of the bargain. Or even worse, and there are cases that have happened, they literally embezzle the money and they walk away scot-free, you know? Mm. Um, and it just like what, you know, you, of course, it's a, it's a slippery slope when you talk about what that money could have been used for, like, right? Mm. But I always, I always think about like, for example, there was the case of, of, uh, the IMDA giving a lot of money to RGM Entertainment from Australia, right? Mm. I think it was an Australian entertainment company that promised to, you know, bring Fox Studios and bring all these like big movie studios to Singapore to work on it. Ended up, yeah, they just essentially the 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 boss went to jail, right? For all these mm. were sentenced to to prison for basically misusing the funds, And you you then I always ask myself what that twenty five million or however ten million it was could have could have done to help the local industry as well. You know, if it was really put in the hands of of uh, local companies or what. And mm. yeah, I get pissed off uh, because. We don't even have the opportunity because everyone's just gunning for the big press release, the big announcement of a foreign company coming in, and no one's thinking about how that money or how that support trickles down to the local industry. Mm. And you know, it's 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 a very sad case, and you see, you see, you see vestiges of it literally in like buildings being built that are now known empty or not being used by for their original intention and things like that, lah. Like which building? Uh, just, I mean, uh. You know, there was a, a lot of uh, fanfare about, let's say, like uh, <clears throat> I think Lucasfilm, Luc- Lucas, mm. Lucas Arts, right, being in Singapore and all that. So there's a big, there's literally a big building like a sand crawler, right? So I'm not saying that it's that they misuse funds or anything, but I think the promise that Singapore would become the hub or, or you know, a, a production hub for for uh, Disney or, or Lucas and uh, Lucas Films and all. Um, it's fallen a bit short of expectations, uh, you know. Mm, mm. I'm not saying that anything was misused, and I'm just saying that uh, you don't hear about it. You don't hear about it being talked in such glowing terms anymore, uh, as compared to when it was announced, right? Mm, so mm. it's just. Uh, I yeah, think. I mean, it's, the, it's just the, quite... the the example, like literally, is like with that network we made the show for. Uh, they also got funding ah. from the government, right? I think um, I think they did. I believe they did. Yeah. They, they they got co matching grants for making shows. One of which was ours. And then when the mm. the network liquidated, uh, we tried to reach out to the government to the network, and nothing nothing came to pass, like, Because it was always we were always told it's a commercial mm. decision, which which is why mm. like like I think that was the first time some sticks got stuck up our ass, like, And they, they haven't they haven't been taken out, like. Um, but then mm. it, it's it's also one of those things that um, how you say, uh, like uh. I I think the it, it, you know like on one hand on one hand I don't even know like how many recycling plants there are in Singapore I don't think mm-hmm. there are that many and 
let's say even if it was the case, right, that these shoes uh, made it to Indonesia and were sold to people who need shoes, um, mm. is that not recycling, Terence? Is that not recycling? Mm. Why is it not recycling? It is what? I mean, in some way it is. It is recycling. And let's say uh, it was sold uh, and some of the, the, the money went back to Dow and they used that to buy a track made from recycled materials. You know, mm. isn't that still considered recycling, Terence? Why? But, why, why? but again, I mentioned why? earlier that this is in the realm of uh, illegal activity already, right? Because I think in Indonesia, they're very strict, strict laws. Uh, they're quite strict about the import-export of, of uh, no, second-hand textiles. That, right? that is true. To, to give context, uh, it was in 2015 that the Indonesian government... Wait, let me, let me pull up that, that one aspect because it is an important point. Um, mm. 2016... Jackpot fucking tabs. Um, ah, mm. Okay, 2015, Indonesia's Ministry of Trade introduced the prohibition of the import of used clothing regulation. So basically, it just banned all imports of used clothes and footwear over concerns of hygiene, uh, over concerns yeah. uh, of them spreading diseases, and also the need to protect the local textile industry. And, mm. and I think mm. that it was also in, uh, motivated by the fact that a lot of these secondhand goods come to in Indonesia, they end up in landfills. So mm. Mm. It, just, yeah. uh, it just overwhelms the landfills there. Like. So you're yeah. right like, so that, it is, exactly. so, that, that it is illegal. Yeah. Um, but, but then, okay. So, and, and so does it make it, does it make it, uh, so if a drug dealer says, you know, I'm going to use the money that I get from drugs to donate to charities and all that, it doesn't mean that, it, like, you know, you can accept the money and then just turn a blind eye to how the money came about, right? You know? No, but no then, I'm not saying that that's equivalent here, but the point is that if that money is coming from a, an illegal source, then you need to be very, you need to question, should we be using this money? La? True, la, true. La. But that is when the, the, the activity itself is illegal. Um, the one counter mm -hmm. is, you know, in uh, Africa where those uh, certain places, there are reserves where you are allowed to kill a lion or two uh, if you pay mm -hmm. a shit ton of money because that money is used towards conservation. That itself is very polarizing, right? Um, mm. But I think that one, you can almost argue like, okay, it's almost one lion that helps us save 10 others. So it's a very mm. difficult thing. I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm not saying there is an answer. But even in this mm. case, right, if they were, I don't know, it was part of the thing, you know, we will resell this to um, economies where these shoes still have a shelf life. Um, then we will use mm. the re the revenues from there to Im uh, invest in sustainable technology in Singapore. Even mm. then, that feels a, a little more palatable. Uh. But of course, it doesn't sound as sexy. And I mean, mm. in my in my few years in the corporate world, and I think anyone who's been in any organization, there is always going to be some sort of efforts that are meant to like help the world, uh, save the world. But mm. I mean, if if everyone, anyone listening, just thinks of whether or not those things, you actually see the results of it whether there's any accountability. I, I, I'm, I'm confident enough to say that most of the time, I don't think there is. Um, mm, and this, mm. this almost feels like the adult version of, you know, when you're young and you may have gone on those community service projects like in to a, 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 a small village or something where you go there and paint their yeah. house. I don't know whether yeah, that yeah. happens anymore, but during our time, yeah. uh, you that, literally, yeah. go, you did that. Where did you go? Yeah, yeah. I went to, to Vietnam paint the house. to not paint, like help build Help build houses in the village. Okay, build yeah. houses. Build houses. I think still okay lah. I've literally uh, had one, okay, okay. Uh, at least two friends who went to go paint houses, and then at the end uh, of the day, you okay, think okay. you're like, "Fuck, you go there, you paint houses for fuck." But on paper, mm. it sounds good lah. You're going there to help the help the villagers, and in this case, it just feels like 
there's something a bit off. Like. And, and to clarify, like um, one thing I did mention that there were 11 pairs, right? I think I missed that detail. Mm. Um, the 11th pair was last detected at a Singapore housing estate and then it couldn't be detected anymore. Um, mm. Two pairs were recovered uh, on Batam uh, in, mm. at markets. Uh, one more in, um, oh no, one in Batam, one in Jakarta. Four pairs went to locations that were so remote that they, they couldn't be detected anymore. And mm, mm. another four uh, stopped sending a signal once they reached Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. So, well, one yeah. thing, one thing to say, one thing. I just, just a side I have to add is that they used Apple AirTags for this. Oh stuff. yeah, correct, correct. So correct. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty fucking impressed that they still managed to trace back all these things literally to the store and literally to which pile of shoes it was lying in. Yeah. And you, there's a video of it. I think Reuters they put out a video about it, so you can literally watch the reporter cutting open the shoe and putting the AirTag in and hiding it. And then using his phone app to trace it, like, the find my the find my app, like. but, So I'm pretty fucking impressed with AirTags, I have to say. But if you notice in the Reuters article or video, they did not mention AirTags at all. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They did not, I mean, un- understandable, uh, understandable. At first, I was like, "Oh yeah, shit!" Yeah, yeah. Reuters got their own Bluetooth trackers, uh. But then I saw on mm-hmm. the Mac websites and on Reddit say, "Yo, these are fucking AirTags, man." <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's pretty baller man and I think yeah like uh, it is, yeah. I think way back if you look back in our treasure trove of ideas that we thought of making for YouTube videos there was definitely something where we wanted to put stuff in like recycling bins and see where they go but that was before the time of air tags mm-hmm. like. and I think we considered yeah. GoPros and shit but even GoPros have a battery life expensive so, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. expensive uh, air tags like I don't know what $25-30 each yeah. When you put a GoPro, that's like a bit $600, $700 hole straight away. Yeah. So I guess the the one big takeaway from the story is that if there's any part of your life where you want to track, right, go get some air tags. You know? Mm, if it's mm, like even your yeah. kids, put air tags on them. You know, your parents, yeah, put air yeah. tags your, on them. Your, your lovers. Your lovers, put air tags on them. <laughs> yeah, just put air tags on everyone and, and everything. But, but, what, but I want to ask you, like, why do you think this, the, of all the things they could have investigated in the world, like this Reuters journalist with their resources and all that. Why did they choose this particular story to, to chase down over six months, over 11 pairs of shoes, over like, you know, two different countries in Southeast Asia? Why do you think this story was such a big deal for them that they had to track it? Eh? Mm, I think it's part of a broader team that they seem to be wanting to attack, like, which is um, sustainability and how petrochemical industries in particular make all these promises but uh, are shown to not deliver. Like, because yeah, they, they are mm. they are equally long articles on like the projects that fail in India and Idaho. And yeah, it feels like they're just going doing investigative uh, journalism in this. Like, I don't know whether you have anything that uh, your silver your tinfoil hat kind of suggests. No, no, I'm I'm quite uh I I feel it's quite balanced in the sense that it's not uh, you know, a piece that's trying to blame Singapore, the Singapore government, uh, in particular, or, or even the other partners involved. But I think it's really calling for accountability from, you know, uh, big petrochemical companies in in terms of the sustainability efforts, because uh, those are things that are not uh, pe- that aren't as sexy that people don't, you know, uh, as opposed to reading the financial reports or something that people don't read the sustainability reports. So um, maybe this one is yeah is is part of a larger a larger trend towards um, really holding these big corporations accountable for the environmental uh, impacts. Uh, right? Yeah, it's basically like maybe the... may, maybe it starts here. Then the next one will be 
even more like more evolved that there'll be like stuff about uh, recycling electronics and other things or so yeah. this this almost feels like the big corporate version of like you know when you tell your friend you haven't seen for a long while you're like hey let's catch up soon uh, bro uh, let's catch up soon mm-hmm. a few weeks time you know and then nothing happens and I'm totally guilty of that um, I know some people listening <laughs> to this might be like yeah Harish you fucking said we're gonna meet up uh, you told me you message me you never mm-hmm. message I know I'm guilty I'm being held accountable but um, see for that right for that I feel guilty Mm. Um, then how come these companies mm. don't you feel mm. guilty for doing the same thing say you want to do this one thing and then you never do mm. and somehow I love yeah, Decathlon yeah. yeah yeah and I think a lot of Singaporeans all uh, you know they have embraced Decathlon but, but then, as part of their as part of their sporting lifestyle right? therein also lies a complication right because for all we know the companies like Decathlon Standard Chartered they themselves had no idea that this was going on you yeah, know yeah. Uh, and that's why it's also then it becomes messy because you maybe they're not responsible, or maybe my love for yeah. decathlon is overwhelming uh, my uh, objectivity. Yeah, but, but I, that's why I said they're, they're they're basically the you know it's it's banking on the credibility or reputation of these other brands and companies as well mm. to get this initiative off the ground, and and who ultimately benefits the most from the positive PR spin that comes from this. It's mm. Dow, right? It's quite mm. clearly Dow. So, uh, yeah, I also wouldn't be very happy if I was the, whether the marketing team or PR team, uh, any of these other partners as well. Uh. Mm, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, man. I mean, that, that was published just on 25th Feb. Hopefully, yeah. there are yeah. deeper dives. Um, because, mm-hmm. or, or I mean, even whoever's listening, right? Like, uh, I don't know what, yeah. what actionable things you can do, but just, just, uh, I don't know, what could be something? Just read the read article. Uh, read the article. We should petition, maybe we should petition for Dow to work with SPH next time rather than use recycled shoes, use the newspapers that they pulped to, you know, that they pulped in order to, to bump up their newspaper circulation numbers. Mm. Use that paper to recycle into something useful, uh, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> then, exactly. Then, you, then at least at least something good can came out of the whole SPH uh, fluffed up numbers exactly well. exactly <laughs> so maybe Singapore government when you're looking for partners of like overseas companies mm. with local organizations or institutes right turn to the ones that that are obviously doing uh, bad stuff you know give, make yeah. this be a project yeah. for them to rehabilitate each other you know like SPH yeah. you got so and many then, newspapers maybe, you pop yeah. yeah exactly and then the the company the Fox Fox Impacts is it the one that uh, apparently shipped the the shoes to Yoke, Batam. Yoke, Y-O-K. They should like, Y-O-K. Oh, Yoke Impacts, yeah. They should, yeah. yeah, they should do something with like Carousel or something, you know, like some initiative with Carousel. We'll help you get your, your second-hand shoes to, you know, a flea market somewhere in Batam or Bintan. Mm. Guaranteed, you know. Yeah. Then at least you know that your shoe uh, will have a second life somewhere with, with, with someone else in another country, like, right? Mm, exactly. Then, you know, then that to me feels like it's more aligned to everyone's interests or so, right? It's not just, it's not, it's not, it's not all uh, covered by some hogwash about recycling shoes and turning them to running tracks when that never happened, obviously. Or at least it's not happened in this case. And uh, let, let's just be honest with our intentions, right? Mm, honest with our intentions. Um, I mean, yeah. the the thing also, we're not even talking about how like this, this uh, recycling, the shoe which was meant to be recycled some of which yeah. ended up on like a 800 kilometer journey around Indonesia, which feels yeah. like it's being transported all these places for for what, like, you know, and there's all those yeah. energy costs that come in. 
But yeah, it's just mm. you read it, you're like, what lao eh? No, in fact, more than 800. What am I talking about? It went on like, mm. like each of them may have gone on like 800 kilometer journeys. La. Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping this comes up in the parliamentary sitting. Uh, some questions are asked about this. Mm. And you know, if, if anyone's going to hold them accountable, uh, that will help. La. Yeah. yeah. Young Man Wai, looking at you, man. Young Man Wai. Yeah, another, man another one for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, yes. speaking of a... Uh, Speaking of tracking, right? Speaking mm. of tracking, and we talked about tracking your loved ones and all. What happens if you're like tracking, you're trying to track where your loved one is as, and, you know, you discover that, uh, you know, they just sort of disappear into the, off, off the map into, into uh, one place. And, uh, kicker to the story is like, it's not even, uh, your loved one is no longer even in one place anymore. Mm. In fact, the, it gets even more gruesome than that, lah. You know, they're actually found in a lot of different places, lah. So this is a story on everyone's lips now, Harish. What is this story? Well, that was yeah. dark, man. That was a, that was a I dark. Know, I know, I know. I, I was, I, at first I thought it was funny. Then I realized, oh no, it's not as funny at all. It's it's kind of like creepier, yeah. yeah. When you think about it, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, basically there was a there was a murder of a, a Hong Kong socialite and model. Uh, which was mm. announced a few weeks ago, um, or maybe like a mm-hmm. a week ago, a week ago, uh, out of the blue, like, I think. When I thought Wednesday, only on Wednesday. Yeah, twentieth right? February, Twentieth was... February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she disappeared. Yeah, yeah correct on on twentieth February. Um, and I think even mm. like a week before that, she was still active on social media. Um, she disappeared. There mm. was suspicions of like um, uh, murder and all that. And then on twenty fourth February the headless corpse of a 28-year-old body, which was identified to be uh, belong to Abby Choi, mm. was discovered at a village in Hong mm. Kong. Um, and apparently, yeah. it's like some of her body parts were uh, hidden inside a fridge and her head was discovered in a bowl of soup, la, like like a like a pot of soup, along with minced meat mm. and like carrots and onions. So it was cooked. La, and oh my God, even even saying it is like, fucked up um, mm. and I mean now there's so much news about who are suspected and I think the chief suspects are ex-husband and her ex-husband's dad is it? Um, yeah yeah the ex-husband the, her ex-father-in-law and her ex-brother-in-law yeah. Yeah, well. and she leaves yeah. behind like her her, her her current husband and their four kids la, two of whom mm. were with her ex-husband and two of whom are with the new husband mm. and it just yeah. you look at it you're like oh my god this is this is gruesome. Just I don't know. Finding part of the, the 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 her head in a in a pot of soup is so gruesome. I don't I don't even know mm-hmm. like what to think about it. Like, but but why why do you want to talk about this? Because it's definitely not debatable uh, or anything. Why why, Terence? Um, I mean it, it's it's a story of interest, right? Like this is a social like, and we we don't mean just that she's active on social media. She's been posting. She has la. But she literally was on the cover of L'Officiel Monaco. Mm. You know, it's a glamour magazine, you know, on the cover, uh, talking about her journey as a style icon. So this is someone who's got real currency on not only on social media, but in like fashion or, or luxury or what. And she has a lot of celebrity friends, uh, you know. So for something, I mean, a case, a gruesome case like this, just in itself, to any, happen to anybody, it would be crazy already, right? It's very scary. But to happen to such a high-profile person uh, who's a mother of four children as well is just such a crazy case. And it almost reads like something out of a, a Netflix 
a Hong Kong Netflix crime drama or something, you mm. know. But it literally is unfolding in front of our eyes, and it's a influencer, and it's such a crazy, crazy story, lah. And 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 how you know the ex husband's entire family is implicated in this um in this murder as well. So yeah, that's why I, I thought it's you know we kind of want to just talk through a little bit about um why everyone is so captivated by this story, and and uh, if there's anything interesting to look out for in the in the coming couple of weeks, uh. But for you, like for someone who doesn't follow uh fashion uh magazines or Hong Kong Hong Kong news and gossip, like why did you feel like this was something interesting to talk about? Um I mean it just feels I had been seeing it floating around the news a lot, like the news of this mm. um socialite being murdered and it felt like there was just more and more news uh, uh around it. Lah. So I didn't know who yeah. Abby Choi was. Um I didn't know the controversy mm. around it, I didn't know the incidents that led up to this. And I just felt like, um, I mean, even when I was talking to like my wife or other people, they had heard news of it, but they didn't know the context. And it just feels like this is something that, yeah, it's just, it's just to give the context to, to people. So that when you, when you see the news, you kind of understand what the, the controversy is or what the mystery is, what the gruesome details uh, are involved. Cause it's, it's, it's gruesome. I mean, even, even reading the the article, I mean, I think that she was last spotted on the Tuesday uh, of last week. Mm, uh, there was mm. CCTV footage of of her with two of her kids, and then uh, she was reported missing after that. And then uh, on Friday, her body was found. So she was reported missing on Tuesday mm, itself. Mm. Later on in the day, she was see, last seen around noon. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah the, the, if you're wondering why, if they've already arrested the suspects. And they've already gotten them in custody, you know. How come they can't find the other parts, right? It's because the I think the all the suspects are being uncooperative. They're either uh, probably not telling details or what, uh, because that's what the I think the superintendent Alan Chung said. It's been their mm. investigations have been hampered by uncooperative uncooperativeness of the arrested suspects. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, this is a corpse that has been dismembered, uh, you know cut a lot of different pieces and, and scattered around different parts. Lah. So it's a bit of a race against time to to find all these different parts. Lah. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I was literally just watching the latest season of uh, the Netflix show You, which is about a serial killer, mm. you know, who, who can't help himself. And, and his, his modus operandi is, is the, the exact things that were described in here, like chainsaw, uh, you know, cleavers, uh, parangs, whatever. You chop out the body and throw out the different pieces across different parts of parts of the of of the the island and all that, you know. And um, yeah, just reading about this, I was like, wow, the the it's so uncanny that you you watch this as as entertainment on TV, and then this thing is literally happening. And I think some yeah. um, Hong Kong celebrities like like Aaron Kwok are all, are all reacting to this as well because they actually knew her because she's a she's a socialite as well, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's quite, it's quite crazy and 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 it, it's quite scary lah. Like the the level of animosity the family must have felt towards her, um, in in planning and doing something so cruel to her lah. To someone who was the, uh, who is the mother of of uh, your your children or grandchildren as well, you know. Because because apparently there were a lot of disputes uh between her and her ex father in law about the finances of of um her estate lah. Yeah. Because I mean, she is worth, I think, a reported 17 million US. 
Mm. Um, her her family is also quite well to do and connected. Mm. So now the main suspects are the ex husband who was trying to who was uh, arrested at a ferry pier. Uh, yeah. Apparently trying to abscond from Hong Kong by sea. Mm. Um, the the father and even the mother is um, uh, saying like being arrested for perversion, perverting the course of uh, justice. So mm. I think that's like what you said, like just uncooperative suspects and all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just feels like man, like uh, I mean, part of it is also like this feels like news that is just like uh, I don't know, murders are happening so much more common in this part of the world. I don't know whether it's uh, it's, it's just me, but it feels like even in, in Singapore, in, in the region, mm. it just feels like, oh, man, like, um, whew, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's eerie. Like, it's eerie. Could you see something like this happening in Singapore also? I mean, like just a few months ago, we covered the case of the Marine Parade thing, right? Mm. Where it was someone who was murdered and who was apparently burned, la, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. Whose remains were burned. Yeah. So yeah. I can totally see this happening in Singapore. Totally. You're talking about the the girl who went missing, uh, like years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just the, uh, wow, it's such a strange, strange news to be reading about happening in your own country, la. Uh, but but really, I I think the other thing that also hit me when I when I read this thing was like. Um, you know, uh, relationships are are, are very complicated uh, sometimes, right? And and mm. you know, and the you know how many a lot of times you read about uh, especially rich socialites and all that, uh, right? Getting married mm. and and you think oh it's a fairy tale wedding, the the ceremony is so beautiful and all these beautiful celebrities all attended their wedding and all that, and the next thing you know, within two months the the marriage is over. You don't even need to look all the way to Kim Kardashian or what to to find examples. Like, I think recently there was Kim Lim in Singapore as well, right? Um, yeah, Kim yeah, Lim yeah, is exactly. the, the daughter, is the socialite daughter of Peter Lim. And uh, it was a very public, big public wedding that, you know, Xia Xie posted about and they were, you know, like flaunting the, the huge Kuo Tali, which is like the a gift-giving ceremony that where the husband presents the bride's family with gifts. It's a very uh, Chinese uh, tradition. So it was such a huge thing. It was so extravagant. And like the, the wedding was, you know, reported, reported in the news. It was so expensive and everything. And practically two years after the, the wedding, they, they, she filed for divorce already. Two months. Two months. Two months. Yeah, two months sorry. Yeah, two months. And yeah. I think just recently they, they concluded proceedings and, and it's the, the divorce is finalized. But a lot of ugly details about divorce also came out, right? Um, mm. So yeah, you know, it, it really is uh, what you see on social media as the the happy, perfect lives of of these socialized influencers. It's uh, you know, they're they're also very much they also face all these human problems, uh, right? Of not getting along with each other, or falling out with each other, and and very ugly spats and breakups, and and when there's a lot of money thrown in the mix, it always becomes a lot uglier. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what make that's what makes it tricky, la. The ones money is involved, uh, Yeah, gets tricky. Yeah, it's a uh, it gets dark. Fun. And uh, yeah, you, so, you feel uh, so so if you feel really bad for the kids as well, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's just a uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a developing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no conclusion here or anything, but it just feels like ooh, that's a. Uh, that's dark, man. That's dark. Everyone Not the best watching. thing to start the work, the the week with. Is this is this acceptable dinner conversation as you go about your dinner this week? 
you think a lot of people will be bringing this up as a something to talk uh, about I don't think so la. like uh, I know you <laughs> yeah. will bring it up la. yeah I'm I mean me? you just no, get no, people's no, no, no. thoughts on it uh. that's not I mean there's not much thoughts so it's just have you heard of this crazy story going on la, right uh, yeah, but, yeah, but but, well, but actually, the details I, I of it know. might ruin might ruin your meal. No, but I don't know. I don't know whether people are like because okay, it's a gruesome murder, but it's mm. it's one of those things that I feel it's it's in Hong Kong as a different country. Is it going to impact your life? It it almost I almost feel guilty talking about it because mm. I feel Why like you? because I feel like we are kind of talking about it. Are we changing people's minds on it? Are we mm. are we exploring the the dynamic of the family? No, it's just covering it, lah. So mm. I don't know, man. Just feel a little like. Do, mm. do you feel anything at all? I feel uh, uh, it's 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 a very gruesome thing to talk about, and uh, not everyone's not everyone's interested to talk about it all the time, lah. You know, it's just. Mm. Uh, I mean, we are really seeing that one of the darker sides of humanity with stories like this now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And, and, but it's also, yeah, it's just, it's happening. So I think it's, it's something that we, we just wanted to also just talk through and, and, uh, you know, alert, alert people who listen to this podcast that this is happening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, one, uh, one uh, dark story of uh, corporate, uh, bad corporate intentions to, or to one story of bad personal intentions. Uh, and yeah, now, man. we talk, we change direction and talk about something positive, which is... Yeah. Our one show comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so to to spring us back into some sort, some semblance of positivity. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you have a one show comment? Uh, yeah, I think the, the, you know, we talked about, uh, Raw Dao, right? Mm. Raw Dao's books being censored last week. And, uh, there were a lot of interesting, uh, comments about it that, that did make me sit back and think a little bit more about, uh, how much of it we allow. But, uh, you know, some of our listeners did also comment that, you know, they have a slightly different take on it than we do. Um, mm. for example, I think the, a long time commenter, uh, but then Hall, right? Uh, mm. has said that um, I'm actually okay with the edits on the books uh, because they feel that these changes don't really reflect, change the story and it's a good start to remove negative com- connotations to some stigmas la. like how wearing a wig is seen as a stigma when the witches uh, do it, la, right? Um, so mm. it's, you know, but then how it equates it to inc- like how there's more racial diversity in films and 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 you know, they just watching a film from the eighties made made him or her think that, oh, how is it that all the actors are just like uh, one race only, that right? And and when mm. growing up watching these movies, we don't even think about these things until they're called out to us much later in life, la. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it's just a, uh, you know, there there's an interesting perspective that you know someone who uh, who who reads raw down books and all that actually feels they're okay with it, like You know, they don't feel it's mm. a, a big deal, la. And maybe. Uh, where maybe the, re- watching too many right wing right wing commentators on this topic, uh, right? Mm, true, true, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, true, true, true. 
Uh, what about you? What yeah, is your, what is I mean, there's also been an update update about that, about how Puffin will be re-releasing like non-edited versions, right? Yeah, the classic, the classic version, right? We yeah, call the it. classic version. Yeah. If you want to bring up like evil and racist children, get them the classic version. The classic version. Just like yeah, how people the, used to be evil and yeah. racist. Yeah. yeah, the best is you give one child a classic version and one child a rewritten version and, and 15 years later you do a study on differences. Oh, a longitudinal study on like the differences between two kids who read different versions of Rodal's books. Of Rodal, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct, correct. Maybe we should, maybe, like, yeah, uh, Terrence, you can, you can try lah. With your kid, no, no We you ask writers one. to run. Ask writers to run the experiment. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> a fifteen-year experiment. Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah. Step away from your from your air tags for a while and, and run this experiment instead. Yeah, cool. Uh, my my one is just a, a comment from longtime redditor Jungle Jimbo eighty eight who clarified mm. uh, that you know I on the previous podcast I talked about the. Mukab, which is a mega project in Saudi Arabia mm. to build like a f- skyscraper that is 400 meters long, 400 meters tall, 400 meters uh, wide. It's just a mm. cube. La. And I referenced another mega project called The Line. Uh, and I think I said it was in Dubai, but it's actually also in Saudi Arabia. Mm. So so that was just a clarification uh, mm. from Jungle Jimbo. Uh, there were a, f- a few nice comments that came through our Instagram DM just... Uh, saying they enjoy the podcast and all, but because it's a DM, we're not going to reveal uh, the names, uh, but mm. just wanted to say a big thanks to the people who did reach out. Mm. Yes. Yeah, man. Cool. And then, now what's your one shook thing, man? Uh, my one shook thing is actually the podcast, uh, an episode of the podcast, Hard Fork, by the New York Times. Mm. They cover, it's a show that is about the future, you know, covers um, journ- uh, tech journalism and, and, and things going on in the tech world. And the episode that I think is really interesting is um is titled The Bing Who Loved Me <laughs> because mm. it's actually about the one of the hosts of the story actually was the one who broke the story about they were playing around with, with Bing's new um chatbot, Bing the Microsoft uh search engine, the new chatbot function that they had uh using open AI technology. And they ended up going to he ended up having a two hour conversation with uh, the Bing AI um, that turned into very, very dark, very sinister undertones. Uh. And it really, like, I think the the story gained a lot of traction last week because it really, at first it was a little goofy. And then after that, it became kind of weird because the Bing AI chatbot nicknamed Sydney was like mm. saying that it had the secret intentions to, to, you know, do quite nasty stuff to human beings if it could be, and and its biggest thing is it wanted to break out of the being a chat box, a chat box, uh, a chat bot, and it wanted to become human, and it even ended up like trying to trying to convince the journalist that uh, they were in love, you know, and mm. like literally like telling them that no, you're not in love with your wife. You just had a boring Valentine's Day dinner. You oh, love shit. me, and I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. So. I only, there is a New York Times article about it. You probably, if you haven't read it already, there's a lot of new, news coverage on it. You can read about it all, but nothing beats hearing it from the journalist mouth himself. And he describes how disturbed he felt by the whole incident. And, and, you know, color like he was, it was literally after his Valentine's Day dinner and things like that, that, that he was doing this. And it was, uh, it's, it's quite interesting and quite scary at the same time like, when you hear it. So, 
So yeah. that's one thing that I think is worthwhile bringing up at dinner. So what are people's general takes on the future <laughs> of AI and how it's going to change uh, the world? Because, yeah. I mean, the more I play with it, as much as I'm excited, I also shit myself more. La. Because mm. it just feels like when AI is dealing with data and processes and all, it feels good. But the moment AI and humans interact, right? I don't, I don't know, man. There's something a little mm. unsettling mm. about it. So, yeah, so yeah. that is dinner conversation. That is right for prodding the people who you're having dinner with. Yeah, because uh, I think it even goes into, like, really um, existential questions about about how we think about AI as well, right? Knowing that these yeah. AI are just, they're basically predictive models. I think the term is predictive, right? What they do. Mm. They basically predict what the next word should be in this sentence that would answer your best answer your question. So they mm. are also taking from all corners on the internet, they're taking from forums or they're taking from wherever that where, where actual people write write these sentences together. So the fact that the AI managed to pull up and, and, and suddenly has this secret self that is so sinister and has such nasty things that it wants to do to humanity kind of tells you as well like what is out there on the internet or at least the bulk of what is out there on the is internet. Is the internet consciousness? Uh? Is it the consciousness yeah, yeah. of the internet? So, you know, maybe there's this whole dark web you know, we we're talking about very dark issues just now. There's this whole corner of the dark web where these things are being discussed that we don't even know about and, and this this uh, AI chatbots are pulling from there as well. And that's why they are coming back with such um sinister, scary responses to, to what people are very innocently asking. Yeah. Mm, I mean, uh, I guess it's also uh, uh, about time we say that next Monday, 6th mm. of March, we're having an AI expert on the yes. podcast. Yes, and he's, we, oh, he, interesting, he's not even from Singapore, he's from Hong Kong. He's so, from Hong Kong! Yeah, yeah, literally, we just talk about Hong Kong and how sinister and dark news must be from out there. So he'll be, he'll be able to give us some color on what people are saying about it there. Yeah, but he is an AI expert and I have so mm. many fucking questions I want to ask him. Um, mm. if, if you guys have any specific questions, maybe we'll start a, a Reddit thread uh, to yeah. just start getting some questions on, on AI in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, my my one show thing is a show on Disney Plus that I recently started oh. at the recommendation of two friends. Um, mm. It's called Extraordinary. Um, mm. And have you heard of it? No. It's a, it's a British show set in a world where, like, you know, like in in our world, at a certain age, people go through puberty, and mm. I don't know, they, they just they just have changes in their body, lah. In that yeah. world, yeah, everything is the same except at some point when growing up and turning into an adult, they also get a power, a superpower. So everyone has a superpower. Mm. Mm. Um, and the world is that very much like X Men. Like, it's not X Men. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not. Oh, okay, it's like okay, okay. the superpower can be mundane superpowers. Uh, see, no, I as see, in okay. the superpowers are cool, but. Their lives are mundane. Like one of the characters uh, has the ability to to channel uh spirits through her la. and she okay. works at a law firm where she settles family disputes la. It's a very menial task. Got it. Like the it. families are disputing about the wishes of a dead uh, relative. She comes in, mm. she mm. channels the dead relative. Everything's clarified. Mm. Everybody hates her, and she leaves. <laughs> so okay. So it's 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 a comedy. It's a comedy, mm, and mm. It, the main character is this one person who, at the age of twenty five, still has not discovered her power. Mm, I see. So everyone's like, "What? You haven't discovered Sorry. your power? What? Oh my god!" And and it's just I like the humor. It's quite dry humor. It's like uh, no big celebrities or something, and it just mm. it just feels like a, a show that that is it's 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 nice. Like it's nice. It's refreshing. Mm. I really well, like it, it so far. The, I'm two episodes. Is, is, in. is it the first show on Disney Plus that you watch that isn't? Marvel or Star Wars related? 
Oh no, I've watched Dave, I've watched Atlanta. I, I don't oh, necessarily okay, okay, watch okay. the Marvel shows on Disney Plus. Oh, I've only ever watched Marvel and Star Wars shows on Disney Plus and No man, you should watch else, Dave, yeah. you should watch Atlanta, you should watch this. No, no, there's good. a lot of other things. There, because, cause, yeah, I mean, I, I jumped on the HBO bandwagon recently. Oh, so I like, haven't. Uh, I'm powering my way through HBO right now. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think soon I'm going to jump on the HBO and Apple Apple TV bandwagon. I really want to watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. watch that Ted Lasso. Yeah. But yeah. Cool, cool. man. All right. That's All right. the first episode of the week. Um, and we'll talk to y'all soon.